Hello and welcome to Daily Kufafi with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Friday, August 9th. And if you're tuning in for the first time, we are glad to have you. Please hit like, share, subscribe. We also have a subscribe star if you uh, want to contribute uh, uh, financially anything to the show, to the program. And we also, what? We have a Facebook page. We have a book club. You can go to unsafespace.com and there's like a shop. You can buy some shirts that Carrie wants you to buy in and stuff like that. Ah, yeah. You can join and you can join book club, which our next book is going to be 1984. We just did a discussion with Brave New World, which was fun. We did. We turned monetization on on our channel and uh, someone pointed out there was a a Bernie ad for $15 minimum wage before one of our videos, which is pretty funny. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're not actually making money from any ads on on YouTube. I don't think that's going to work. I think we made more in super chat yesterday than all of the 300 videos that have been on YouTube that could possibly be monetized. Um, Which by the way, thank you. Super chat. That was a shock and fun. And yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're not self-sustaining, but I don't know. We're close to like, we can, we can probably pay our internet. I haven't run the numbers, but we can probably pay some like regular, stuff right now because of you guys so it's getting easier we're not <clears throat> my bank account isn't bleeding as fast as it was before which is great um so carrie i wanted to talk about i wasn't sure what to talk about today mm-hmm. uh and i'm just gonna reveal the thought process to everyone because uh, i, I want to be transparent about it um you know, I spent an inordinate amount of time yesterday. I hate looking through Twitter and stuff to like try and find like what's trending and what's interesting, you know. So I spent all this time looking for stuff to talk about because I knew this couldn't be, you know, we're not going to do a super in-depth show about something. It's just a kofefi. And I had a few ideas and I wasn't really passionate about them. And I ran across, then, then this morning, I ran across this video, which I'll play, of this girl, I think she's 11 years old, whose parents were picked up by ICE in ICE raids. And she's sobbing. And I want to talk about it specifically for two reasons. One is, it's hard to talk about. Like, this is a challenging issue to talk about. And it would be easy to ignore and go make fun of some celebrities apologizing for being white or whatever. Like, it's easy for us to do that kind of stuff. Um, but this is it, you know, it pulls, it can pull at your heartstrings. Um, so it's difficult to talk about. It's also an issue on which I disagree with a large number of uh, ANCAPs and libertarians. In fact, Sally Mayweather, uh, who we interviewed about a month ago, put out a meme uh, clearly indicating a difference of opinion between him and me. I mean, it wasn't about me, it was just like, oh, another person who totally disagrees with me on, on immigration. And I thought it would be a good time for me to kind of step into the fire and explain my position on it, which is, I think, contrary to what a lot of people would claim is the principal position on volunteerism and ANCAP. Uh, but I have a counter argument, so I'm going to make it. And I also want to see how you react. Have you seen this video? No, I haven't. All right, so let's watch the video first. 
doing the, the best. So I want my dad to be free and everybody else. I got those children to cry because of their daddy, mom, missus. I don't want my dad. No, the Hispanic people are not doing nothing bad. They're not stealing nothing. The immigrants just went. Can you understand her, by the way, Carrie? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure because they have, she is a little bit hard to understand and they have subtitles here, but she's saying the immigrants have done nothing wrong. I just want my mom and dad. It's very, just for people listening, it's very gut wrenching. Let's, let's continue. Just inside the company, just get our dads out of there. That's not fair, immigrants. Yeah, yeah I just see what I'm doing. I'm crying because of my dad. I have a lot of heart to put that. A lot of children are crying, and their wife and, and their husbands are now because the immigrants took them. Can you do nothing but please open the door for the parents? I'm stuck over there in jail. I'm not going to have nothing. It's the birthday of school for me. My dad bought my everything for me to live over here. The rent, and I'm, I don't know what I'm going to eat. And I'm so lonely right now. I need my dad for me. <laughs> my dad didn't do nothing. He's not a criminal or something. That's what the immigrants took them. Please let him free. <laughs> the government, government, please put your heart. Let my parents be free with the, everybody else, please. Don't leave the child with crying and everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay before i say anything about it carrie how does what what reaction do you have to watching that video um i don't i mean my initial reaction is i i i think the press is manipulative and i think this is propaganda and I do I have feelings for this individual for this little girl of course I do but I think they often the same way they same way they do with guns they take uh something emotional and they try to shove a policy forward um based simply on uh empathy and and which which everyone of course would have watching this and emotion but they try to push forward policies which aren't aren't good so I don't, I mean, I, I, I look at this and I say, oh, of course the media ran with this. Oh, of course the, this went viral. Yes. Um, so uh, first of all, uh, as a father of a girl who's about that age, I totally, like it totally tugs at my heartstrings. I, I totally get it. Um, and I do feel bad for this 11-year-old girl. And it doesn't make me want to protest, yell at Trump, do anything particular to ICE. Uh, it does make me wonder, does she have someplace to stay? Does she have food? Like, how could I help? Which I think is the, the right neighborly reaction. So all these people who's, um, who are actually bothered by this, what I'd like to see if the left really cares about these kids is uh, maybe maybe they could chip in. I mean, a lot of these are super wealthy celebrities. Uh, instead of chipping into uh, political 
contributions or spending your time, you know, ranting about Trump and making anti-Trump propaganda, maybe you could actually help these children. Um, but I, I guess the, the other thing I want to say, even before I mention my opinion on, on this generally is we should steel ourselves to the reality that this kind of stuff is going to be thrown in our faces in an in, at increasing rates between now and the 2020 election. This is, uh, this is going to happen more and more and more and more. And they are going, some of these people will be illegitimate. Some of these people will be kids that the media has propped up where the backstory is a lie and whatever, they've already been caught doing that, right? Some of them will be legitimate. Some of them will be like legitimately gut-wrenching. Uh, and some of them, some of them will be a lie, but they're all going to look like this. They're all going to feel like this and they're all going to be used to vilify basically borders and. Uh, yeah. What, what is the policy that, the, that they are, that this is meant to criticize having borders? Um, yes. I mean, you could argue that ice didn't exist until, uh, recently and we should go back to different management of the borders, but that's a nuance that I'm not hearing. And no one is saying like, oh, we need to manage them differently in this particular way. They're just kind of railing against borders generally. And if you watch the Democratic uh, primary debates, it's very clear that the problem is borders, not particular things. Now, the first thing I want to say about this is this is a, this is one of those things where uh, if we take this at face value, the villains here, the person actually causing harm to this girl were the people that let her parents come in the country illegally way back a long time ago, let them believe that this, that, that was fine, let them go on living in a society where they're actually breaking the law by not being here legally and are subject to the laws at any given time could be ripped away. This girl was probably raised under a lie or under false assumptions that like, yeah, everything's hunky-dory. You don't have to worry about this. When in fact, she, she was put in a situation where this was always a possibility because of the choices that her parents made and no one made that clear. And there's m probably millions of other 11-year-old girls in the past and the future who could have been prevented from the situation if it was made very clear to the rest of the world that you cannot come across the borders illegally, we will kick you out. Stay where you are or come across legally through the legal channels. Otherwise, you're going to get kicked out. But because we've, it's like a bait and switch. Yes. The immoral thing about this is the bait and switch. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry. Come on over the borders. We're going to look the other way. We're not going to care. And now suddenly someone is implementing the law and actually doing what they're supposed to do, which is executing the law. And they're like, oh my God, we're going to cry. Look how upset we are. Look at how evil it is. It's, it's horrible. It's gut-wrenching. And it's like, well, yeah, but actually the law should have been implemented way back years ago when her parents crossed the border illegally. That's when this should have been taken care of. All yeah. of the pain that she's going through now is the responsibility of the people who failed to solve the problem earlier. And all of the pain of all the 11-year-old girls who aren't on CBS News, who feel the same way, and people in the and eleven year old girls in the future, it's all all of that pain is on the hands of the people who are letting this 
lie continue, right? And who are not saying, hey, you know what? There's, we're a country with borders and you have to obey the laws. I now, agree. I think, I think um, this goes back to, I've been, I've been wanting to, I've, I've been mulling over some of the immigration stuff. I'm wanting to try and write something maybe to help me understand what my feelings, my, what my opinions are now because they've changed a lot. Yep. Um, but I was looking at the asylum stats and one of the things I've noticed that the left, my side has been doing is they've been conflate. Well, they've done, they do a number of things as you know, but they conflate immigration, like legal immigration with illegal immigration. So if you oppose something that's illegal, (laughs) then they try and say you oppose immigration. Well, it's like, no, I don't, not at all. Like, and, but, but that's one thing they've done. Um, the other thing that they've done though, is they've tried to, I, I will see them make blanket statements about um, these people are seeking asylum. They're asylum seekers. It's like they're refugees. No, they're not. For the most part, no, they're, they're, that's a legal definition to be an asylum seeker. You have to be fleeing in fear for your life. And there are rules about the, you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to go to the first, you're not supposed to pass through several countries to get to the one that you want. Like, and, um, and you can tell that they're not because something that's happened in the past, um, five years, I'll pull up this graph in a second, but the number of asylum seekers from Mexico and Latin America has just skyrocketed, but the number of people who are approved for asylum has remained the same. Right. So you've got, you've got now these processing centers being overwhelmed and you've got more people making this dangerous trek and putting their kids in harm's way. And you've got, by the way, sex traffickers and people coming over. There's a lot of people coming over with children that are not their children and, um, and drug traffickers. And what have you. By the way, that they get separated because, because the, the border agents have no idea whether these are actual parents or not. And so one of the reasons that they get separated is to sort out who the actual parents are precisely for what you just said, because there's a lot of child trafficking. Yes. There, there is a Fleckus Talks uh, video Fleckus did at the border with some, um, it, with some people who were there uh, building a, a citizen-funded portion of the wall. It's an amazing video. I recommend people watching it, watch it, but it will make parts of it will make you cry. Like if just there, there are reports of like little girls this age who, who've been not just raped, but gang raped with by multiple guys during this crossing. What, what I find horrible about this is you're, you're tracing it back to what some of the causes are, but what the left is doing is ignoring the causes. And they're basically like, they're basically like, let's just continue letting this happen and let's make it even worse by just completely open it. That's what I think they're doing. Because, because if you want, why, why is the number of people going up, but the number who are being um, accepted remaining the same because they don't qualify for asylum, but you're, you're, you're incentivizing people. You're giving them reason to come here and put their kids' lives in danger. That's what I. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. And the left, I mean, this is the, the tactic that the left does always. This is part of how you get political change if you're on the left, which is uh, you always ignore the causes. You, you use whatever means are necessary to expand the government in the way that you want. Um, and what they want is mass immigration for a variety of reasons, which we can don't have to even talk about, but we can. Um, and so they're going to use whatever tools necessary and they're going to ignore whatever, you know, what they want is gun control. 
So they don't talk about any, they don't want to talk about multivariate causes of anything. They don't want to talk about how guns are used to protect people. They don't want to talk about other kinds of violence. They want to talk about white supremacy and gun control. So those are the things that they talk about. And only that, because um, those are the things that they think can move their agenda forward. So absolutely they're ignoring causes. Um, that's part of what they do. Well, and one of the things I notice in conversations with people on the left about this is, and I'm, I'm curious if other people have seen this, but um, they they will impugn your motives if you disagree with them. They they attack your they they assign bad motives to you. They say you don't care about these children because you don't agree with me on policy. You don't care about these kids. You're evil. You're you're uh, you're callous. You don't have empathy. I see them say this about people on the right all the time. And people like me, a classical liberal who disagrees with them, same thing. They'll put me in that same category. You're evil. You don't care about kids. What I don't see, here's what's interesting. People who um, believe more of like what I believe, which is that, hey, it's your policies that are creating this situation in the first place. Your policies are bad. And it's because I care about children that I don't agree with you. It's because I do. But I don't see people doing that to them is off nearly as off. I don't see people saying the narrative is not, Hey, the left wants open borders and they want to incentivize coming here by giving people, um, free healthcare and driver's license, giving non-citizens healthcare and driver's licenses and stuff. You know, they don't care about children. They are evil. Nobody does that to them. Nobody questions their motives. Which I think, I think you could legitimately just as legitimately do if that's what you, if that's the game you want to play. Yeah, and I don't want to play that game. My point is I think that game is bad, and, and I think they operate in bad faith. So. Well, uh, this touches on something that Katrina and I actually talked about yesterday, which is uh, it's related to RK selection theory a little bit. One of the, R, one of the traits of an R is um, it's always current moment, right? So we always react to current moment, right? And one of the traits of K is we look backwards in time for causes and we look forwards in time for projecting what the consequences will be. But ours look at current moment. So the R response, for example, um, the R response to someone who, um, and actually this was, I'll, actually I'll use a real example. There was someone uh, that was just paraded around the news saying, oh, he was deported to Iran or Iraq or somewhere where somewhere he had never, act, a country he had never set foot in and he died of diabetes. He was an immigrant and he was a diabetic and he didn't speak the language and we deported him to some country which didn't make any sense and, and now he's dead and it's, blood is on Trump's hand. Okay, that's, that's, that's the perspective of current moment. Current moment is dead diabetic in foreign country. Trump's fault. Historic context is, well, dead diabetic actually had been a, had a huge rap sheet and had been a massive criminal and actually was out on an ankle bracelet and which he promptly ripped off and fled. So like the the truth is dead diabetic did an awful lot to get himself into that situation. Right. But but we don't look at that. We only look at current moment. And and it's and if you're in that R selection theory, you, you, you look at someone who's, who's dying of lung cancer and you say, Why, how can you not want to pay for their lung cancer treatment, Carrie? You're heartless and evil, Carrie. How dare you? And if you, if you point out, well, 
you know, this person did spend 60 years of their life smoking eight packs of cigarettes a day. Uh, you know, I, I kind of think maybe showing people that personal responsibility matters would get fewer people to smoke and, and maybe save lives in the end. So actually, I have compassion for all the people who will see this guy dying a horrible death and decide to not freaking smoke. So that's actually my plan. It's not that I don't care. They don't. They don't believe in personal responsibility. Of course, of course not. Right. I, that's a big thing about SJWs. We, I found out it took the, the whole thing is about avoiding personal responsibility. It's about everything else is everything is someone else's fault outside of me. It's the patriarchy's fault. It's the government's fault. It's white people's fault. It's men's fault. It's this. You know, it's something to do with not me. There's nothing I can do to improve my situation or to make better choices or to learn from the choices I've made. That's the, that's the way they think about it. Interestingly, interestingly enough, this is actually related to now to our conversation with Gina about um, free will and everything, right? Because, uh, you know, the, the three components, well, the two components that are measured of, of behavior are the environmental contribution and the genetic contribution. And then as, as we talked about with Gina, and as you've said, like 40 to 60% is just uncorrelated to either one and we don't know where it comes from and blah, blah, blah. And she was arguing that, you know, that free will, free will stuff might be involved in that. Um, the point is, uh, there, are, there are genetic essentialists out there who believe that everything is genetics. They are, they're wrong. It's not all genetics, obviously, because uh, we know 40 to 60% is unexplained, plus there's some environmental factors. But I think the left tends to be environmental essentialists. Um, which is the weirdest one because I think it's actually the smallest contribution of all of the factors of the unknown genetics and unknown genetics and environmental. Environmental is the smallest, but they're environmental essentialists and, and determinists in many ways because they, they're like, oh, well, if you're from, if you have this circumstance, therefore this will happen. You have no moral responsibility for it. It's just you're a victim of your circumstance. No matter what, you're always a victim of your circumstance. I guess to some extent they're genetic and uh, they have they're a little of both because for stuff, but whatever. Yeah, they're a little of both because they, they, but they are essentialists. They believe, I mean, that's why they hold such racist beliefs. Like if you're a person of color, you have one opinion and right. one mind and one yeah. voice. That's the genetic part of it. So it's yeah. not totally environmental essentialism. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're a woman, you have one opinion. And if you, and if you don't hold that opinion, well, it's because you've been infected. That's when the environmental stuff comes in. It's because you've been infected by internalized misogyny, right? Yes, good point, good point. You're, 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 you're 100%. So they're determinists that believe it's, it's, it's genetic unless you're infected by your environment. But yeah. beyond that. And um, your environment is just, all, everything about it, it's all socially, all social construction is evil. And it's in a weird way, they're like, if you were biologically as a woman, you should have this one acceptable female opinion. Yeah. But if you don't, it's because the environment, yeah, the environment socially constructed. Other genetic yeah. males with, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and, and by the way, just let's just pause there to point out how grossly anti-scientific that perspective is. <laughs> That's like not supported by a lick of science anywhere ever. So, uh, you know, they can, they can mock Christians all they want about being anti-science for beliefs that they don't like, but I think they take the prize for being anti-science and how they view people. Um, but I, can I can I briefly say what I what the libertarian voluntarist ANCAP position on immigration is and why I think it's in and, and I'll I'll make my argument for why I, what argument I think they would make 
and I'll try and make it strongly. I'm not trying to do a straw man. I think this is the real argument and then I'll counter it. Okay, so here's what, this is based on often the non-aggression principle. And this is why, by the way, I think understanding philosophy a little bit deeper than just non-aggression principle and applying it without understanding it, it more deeply is, it can be problematic. But uh, non-aggression principle, they say, well, the immigrants are coming across the border and uh, because we're uh, basically libertarian or voluntarist or ANCAP, we don't, we don't even think there should be borders. We shouldn't be a country anyway. Uh, so, you know, you're initiating these to force by stopping them with guns at the border. And therefore, you're the aggressor and you're the initiator. And uh, you should just let them in because it's initiation of force. You don't let them in. And that's, that's basically how the argument goes. And, you know, and there's a lot of mockery about like, how could you, how could you be for people, you know, separating children and locking people in jail just because they walked from one spot to another and it's an imaginary line on a map and blah, 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 right? <clears throat> so I, I, I get that perspective. Here's why that perspective is wrong. First of all, I will, I will, let's start with the ideal voluntarist society, just as an example. Uh, yes, if we did not have a country and we did not have borders and we did not have anything else, uh, people would be free to move around. And if you shot them or locked them up for walking around, you would be initiating the use of force. However, in a voluntarist or ANCAP society, they actually aren't really free to walk around because people own the land there. So someone needs to let them walk on their land and go somewhere. And so I think you'd probably end up something with something pretty similar to some sort of immigration thing, probably not enforced by a government because there wouldn't be a government, but probably some kind of rules of like, all right, well, if you're going to come be a part of this society. These are the rules you have to live by. Otherwise, no one's going to be do trade with you or you're not going to be able to get insurance that's going to allow you to interact with these other people or however the, the DROs or however else the ANCAP society is organized all voluntarily. It still doesn't mean that people would just move around without any kind of uh, communities using ostracism or some other way to kind of manipulate who's where, and it doesn't mean you just tromp on other people's property. So even in an ANCAP utopia, there's not like mass migration through other people's property all of the time. That, that doesn't happen. The, the other thing I wanna point out, and this is why emergency ethics is, is not the right way to look at ethics. People are saying you're initiating the use of force by stopping people from coming in. <clears throat> okay but I'm not in a force-free environment. I am having force initiated against me by the state. They are taxing me. They are regulating me. They are telling me what I can and can't do. They want to take away guns. I have the gun pointed at me. We all have the gun pointed at us. And we don't live in a place, so let's, let's take the libertarian position. The libertarian position would be, well, we can have... I'm not going to get into why I think this doesn't make sense, but they'll say, well, if we have the right documents written and the right rules, the state will only protect individual rights. They'll only use defensive force. They'll, you know, they'll only be out there making sure if someone initiates the use of force, they clean it up. That's, that's how that will work. Now, 
I, I would argue no magical piece of paper is going to accomplish that. The state's always going to go beyond whatever you write on a piece of paper, but that's fine. Let's assume the libertarian argument that you can have a society in which something's written on a piece of paper and there's some mechanism by which that paper, the principles are never violated, no matter what. They, people can't vote for the violation. The bureaucracy never violates. It's, it's perfect. It's your perfect libertarian utopia, right? It never, this never happens. Uh, you know, the initiation of force by the government never happens, really. It's only, they only use retaliatory force. Okay, well, in that case, would you, would you let other people in the country and have open borders? Yes, you would. You would be like, anyone can come in, you can do whatever you want when you're a libertarian country because the government is never going to encroach on the rights of other people. It's never going to point the gun at you except in defense. Yes, you would argue that. That's not where we are. We are in a society in which we're not actually a democracy, but we're pretty close. We're in a society in which people vote to point the gun at me and at you. And they, the more people that vote to expand the state and point more guns, the more the state expands and points guns. So really, we're kind of in the room with a thug who's pointing guns and saying, hey, you guys can vote who I kill next. That's kind of what we are. We're in this room where it's like, hey, you guys can vote. You know, you can vote for who I shoot next, but I'm the thug with the gun. And someone's knocking at the door who is very likely, very likely to say, hey, why don't you start shooting more people? Here's a bigger gun. I'll vote for more of that. It's not the initiation of force to say, let's, let's keep the door closed. Because I'm trying to survive. I am in an ethical emergency right now. This is not, I'm not in, I'm not free. I'm not in a free state where I can have the luxury of not worrying about protecting myself from the, initi from the initiation of force. So this is not about xenophobia. It's not about racism. This is about the fact that we live in a country in which People are, are voting to expand the state, make it more socialist, take away guns, take away rights, become more of what small government, libertarian, and cat people despise. And to do that, to do their soft coup, they need votes. They need more people coming in to, to vote for them. And the demographics don't look good. This is, these are not, I guarantee. I guarantee if all the people coming from Mexico were libertarians, the left would be the first people building a wall on the southern border. They would be like, oh, uh -uh, can't have that. No, 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 no. We're, we're a sovereign nation. Can't, uh, that's, you know, the news would never be showing any crying 11-year-old girls. The news would be showing like the beautiful wall and how great it is because can't have, can't have small government people coming in. This is all about, this is all about politics. This is about one side who really wants to expand the state, trying to get allies in to help them expand the state, which is the initiation of force. So this is why I don't stand with a lot of ANCAPs and libertarians who are like, you know, it's xenophobia, stupid Republicans in their border, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I don't want a border per se either, but that's not the world we live in. We are in a world in which there is a government. There is a border. The government is big. It is expanding. and and. They, and these 
Immigrants, not all of them. I'm married to an immigrant who would vote for smaller government. But many of them, most of them, will be used by the left to expand the state. That is what will happen. And just to clarify, when you have a welfare state, you can't have a welfare state and open borders. Those two things don't go together. That's what I meant about incentivizing it. Yes. They're, they're basically saying here, here we're providing a lot of uh, reasons and incentive for you to do this dangerous thing, to put your kids at risk, and, um, and then and then let's and then we don't want to we don't want to do anything to deter you at all including right. enforce the law <laughs> right we'll yell at people who are enforcing the law don't yeah worry. we we will demonize people who want to enforce the law and and you know a lot of people carry will say well the country was founded by immigrants a lot of immigrants came and did wonderful things and they'll cite examples of yes and that's and that is all true that is all true and some immigrants come for great reasons. They come because they want more freedom. They want to start businesses. They want to, they want, they want political and economic and social freedom. And they come here and, and, and help out and help build the country and make it great. That is true. hundred percent. And in, in the past, when a lot of immigrants came into America, there was not a welfare state as much, right? A hundred years ago, the, the welfare state was not what it is today. And so a lot of immigrants that came left something like, I think it's something like a third of them or something like turned around and left because they got here and they were like, this is, it's not what I wanted. Uh, it's, it's not, it's whatever. It's not the environment I want. I'm, I'm leaving. And so we, you get left with people who like the environment. They like the free market a little bit more. They like the freedom. They're will, they, they want to have, they, they don't need the safety net. They want to have to make it on their own. That incentivizes a certain type of person. Word gets out that, well, yeah, you can go to America. You can check it out. You can try it. It's great, but just be aware. You know, you fall on your face. No one's there to pick you up. I mean, maybe you can find a church that'll be charitable, but the government's not going to help you out. There's no safety net. So go to America at your own risk. That, that has a, there's a totally different mentality that decides to immigrate when that is the stat, when that's what's going on as opposed to the mentality that decides to immigrate when America's like, yes, free school, free, now we're going to be talking about free college, free healthcare, free, you know, school lunches, free housing, money, like, here's a bunch of stuff. You can move literally, there's a lot of countries around, maybe most, I don't know, but a lot of countries around the world in, in which the average person who's kind of working their ass off trying to support their family can move to America and do absolutely nothing and raise their standard of living because of the freebies. Yeah. And I, and I know we can look at that and say, well, that's abject poverty. It's horrible. Like we don't give away that much. It's you know, it's, it's horrible to live on welfare. Yeah, that's true. By our standards, that's true. But there are people who have it much worse in the world and this doesn't look so bad. And Maybe they work a little bit and get some services, whatever. They're, they're coming here to improve their life. And you can't, on the one hand, you can't blame them because you can say, well, of course they're coming to prove the, you know, improve their life. On the other hand, uh, they do have moral responsibility if they come here and extract resources from someone else's work. Uh, they are morally culpable for that. Uh, but the good ones don't come here and extract resources. The good ones come here and start businesses and, and work and... And some of these people that are here illegally may be doing that. 
but there's, they still didn't go through the proper channels and it's still the wrong incentive to give the world to say, come on in, we're not gonna enforce our borders. And it, and it leads to misery and it will always lead to misery. And so even as an ANCAP person, ultimately, you can't, you can't be so naive as to say, I'm gonna apply the non-aggression principle in a situation in which I'm being aggressed against. I'm not gonna defend myself. Voting, like, wanting borders is self-defense. <laughs> if you want small government, wanting borders, that's self-defense. You, you need to oppose all the forces that are expanding the state. And that's an act of self-defense. It's not an act of aggression. And is there collateral damage? Yeah, sometimes there's collateral damage. But I didn't bring the gun to the party. The government did. I like your rant. I don't have much to add to it. I'm not in that ANCAP world, I so I don't see I these I, arguments, I but yeah, right. No, but I, I like it. I was gonna show this graph, the stats I was mentioning earlier about the number of applications. So this is from an article in The Federalist, but they got this data from the United Nations uh, High Commission for Refugees, the UNHCR. So you can see here something changed right about 2013. Um, this is the number of applications for asylum in Latin America versus everywhere else. And I don't know if you can see this, but it just kind of yep. more than doubled. Yep. Um, and yet the rates for who's approved, who meets the requirements has remained the same. So uh, let's see, 7.4% are approved, uh, 3% for Latin America, 3% for Mexico, 4.7% uh, for Central America, compared to 35% for other countries. Can you go well, why, back to that? Yeah. Why is there a higher percentage being approved for other countries? There's fewer people applying, first of all. There aren't as many people trying to take, it, take advantage or, you know, game the system, I guess. It, we haven't seen the spike in applications from other countries. So let's just look at those numbers, Carrie. This is like 25, 30,000 in, in 2013 to it looks like 140, 130, yeah. something like that. I mean, it's... Uh, it's crazy. It's like five X. It's crazy. And so they want to say what they want to say. Everyone who's applying is a refugee or is, 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 you know, an asylum seeker Well, they may be an asylum seeker, but they don't, uh, they don't qualify for asylum. And so, and they, and they would be happy with my, my point is their policies would put this number. It could just go up infinitely. They don't, they don't care because they don't have, they don't conceive of policies that would stop this from climbing. Well, they don't want this to stop. They, they don't want, want it to stop climbing. Right. They, they, they want, uh, they're globalists. So they actually don't want the United States to exist as a separate entity so much as maybe like the hub of, I mean, maybe if they're kind of the patriotic version of the left, they want the U.S. to be the, the, the hub of the global world government. Although even then, I don't think that's true. But they, they just want, they want 7 billion Americans, basically. Um, yeah. And they, wow. and, they, and they just want, they wanted to let everyone in because they want control. So whatever it takes to get control, they'll do. So I was in a discussion with some SJW leftists now, and I want to qual qualify that with something or clarify that. They, they actually, again, this, this goes back to us talking about who has good intent, who doesn't. I think a lot of the, what I would call the sheep or the puppets <laughs> who mm -hmm. are in this belief system, it's not, 
they don't want that. They don't, they don't even think through it consciously enough to admit that. They, they don't know they're globalists. If they are, they don't think through that. They just, they just, they see a video of this little girl crying and they go, stop what we're doing. Like, <laughs> don't enforce any laws. Like, yeah, they don't think it through. And, and, um, and so I was in a conversation with some of these folks and they, and I was mentioning the fact about like, wait a minute, these numbers are not what you're saying that the numbers who have been accepted has not increased. Although the number who are applying is, is astronomical now. Um, and they're like, where are you getting these stats? I'm like, uh, the UN <laughs> high commission for refugees, right. uh, the New York times, uh, migrationpolicy.org. Uh, I mean, pretty much every, anywhere you, anywhere you look and, uh, you know, immigrationforum.org. Like go to any of these places and look up the data, but it, but it's shocking to them, I think. And then that one conversation was shocking to them because they just don't, they don't know and they don't think it through and they don't, they don't know what they're, they don't know facts about the things that they have feelings about. And yeah. so, and so it was this weird kind of like, gotcha. We're like, where are you getting these stats? I'm like a bunch of places that you probably like and support. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that you trust a bunch of places you trust. Right. But rarely are the facts going to convince anyone. It's not a, it's, this is a, it's a, it really is a mindset shift, which is actually why I, you know, this is just my speculation on you. Cause I know you've wondered like, what got me out of social justice exactly? And how did I do this? And, you know, Carrie, I think you made a more profound mindset shift about who you are and what you believe on a fundamental level. I don't, I don't think facts thrown in your face would have done a whole lot. No, they you're right. It was emotional for me too. Like yeah. we, what, what's the, that's why I say this video going back to the very beginning is propaganda because it functions like, it functions like propaganda. It hits you emotionally. It doesn't give you any facts. It doesn't cause you to think about the policy or to make logical decisions about what you believe. It's just merely, it, it's meant to, um, it's meant to be used to kind of almost like emotionally bully you into supporting. A yeah, position. exactly. That's and exactly yeah, it's emotional, it's emotional bullying and, it, and people on the people on the other side of this issue don't really have, they don't, well, that's not true. I guess you could argue that Trump does it. Trump emotionally bullies when he brings up, he cherry picks, you know, uh, like, story emotional stories about illegal immigrants who have killed people or, or you know rape people and any cherry picks those and so sometimes they do it you just don't see it to the same degree well this is one of the well, i think one of the reasons that they hate trump and one of the reasons that he's been effective is for decades the right has played the, the right has decided to be playing what what they viewed as the moral high ground right so the left has been using Saul Alinsky's playbook you know, rules for radicals, where they basically say, hold your, hold the other side to their standards, but have no standards yourself. Anything is fair game. You know, you have no, you know, don't feel obligated to even live up to your own rules, right? This is, it's a war. Anything's fair game. Be lie, be hypocritical, manipulate, cherry pick. It's all good. And the, and the right in, in the U.S., the Republicans at least, have been, you know, kind of stupidly aristocratic about, oh, well, we, we don't get our hands dirty with, with that. We, we don't want to do that. We're upstanding citizens and we would never play the game. We're not going to get down in the muckety-muck with, with them. And meanwhile, they've been losing, 
right? And Trump comes in, he's like, I'll get down in the muckety muck with you. Sure. You want me to cherry pick data and use emotional arguments? Great. I'm going to do it for what I'm pushing. Right. And this yeah. is why him and it's why he's effective. It's also you're right, though. 4chan and all those like, it's because it's all effective. That's why. Yeah, you're right. Already. So. Thank you for watching, everyone. Have a good weekend. Uh, I did not get the other video out yesterday that I wanted to, but I'm going to get it out. Don't worry. This either today or this weekend, you'll see a couple more videos drop. And uh, in the meantime, have a great weekend. And we'll see you on, on Monday for Kofepi. And take some personal responsibility for your life and watch our interview with Dr. Gina Gorlin. <laughs> Bye, guys.